Hello, and welcome to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I'm coming to you tonight with a very special sociological experimental episode. <laughs> um, I'll be your host, Brent. I'm joined by my friend, Ski. Hello tonight. And Alan. Uh, hello. And in order to sort of gauge how you've been in 2020, we've decided that this year um, for your Christmas episode, Alan is going to do the recap. Now, for everybody out there who likes this episode, congratulations. You found yourself on the nice list. Now, for those of you who don't like the episode, then this lump of podcast coal is your punishment for being on the naughty list. And so with that, I give you Alan and the recap. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Um, crazy Kwanzaa. Festivus for the rest of us. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, a very, uh, uh, I don't know if I'd call it special, but yeah. uh, unusual episode nonetheless. Um this may become an annual thing mm -hmm. for the other two years-ish that we'll be doing this podcast. <laughs> Just two-ish years? Well, I mean, at this point, we're, I don't know, about 50 episodes into what's going to be about 200 episodes, roughly. Okay. Gotcha. So we might actually have three more Christmases worth of episodes in. I don't know the exact date yeah, we're going to yeah. end, but yeah. assuming we're able to continue our good streak of every single week, um, which... I don't see any reason why we won't be able yeah, to. We've been doing a pretty good job so far. Yeah. I'd yeah. say that the only way reason that we won't, the only reason I foresee us not, obviously there could be like some sort of unforeseen tragedy or, or mm -hmm. just an accident. Yeah. Um, or, of course, if one of you two died or myself, um, then I would imagine it'll just end right then. <laughs> I, I do wonder what I have, have to last, have a closing episode. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd at least off. have to get on and just be like, hey, you know, thanks to everybody who's listened, all 50-ish of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Brent's dead. <laughs> so, in my, in honor of him, we are no longer. Uh, we'll just name the best episode that that we reviewed is this one. So, there's Sophia's choice. And I think if Brent dies, automatically Coco gets the uh, the, the, the series MVP. MVP. <laughs> Yeah, that seems fair. Um, exactly. Do a scholarship in my, you know, in my name, right. just the Coco Honorarium. Yeah. <laughs> it's a $10 per year scholarship <laughs> to whoever the lucky recipient is. Exactly. I'll chip in 10 to Alan. Oh, so it's up to 20 bucks a year. Yeah, exactly. that, that's a solid meal well, somewhere. Well, my, my yep. 10 was going to be coming from Brent's estate, <laughs> so oh, yeah. it wasn't from me directly. I was expecting exactly. Helena to the pony only, up. The, the only prerequisite for the scholarship is that you have to join the Alpha Yams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And if you don't know what that reference is, then you haven't watched this episode yet. Exactly. Uh, um, speaking of the 50 listers, have we had any interactions? or? Uh, we did have some interactions, um, but perhaps uh, we'll discuss that on our next episode instead. Okay, cool. Just because... You know, I'm ready to launch into my recap. Gotcha. Now, so. right. Feel free to excise this Fired part from up. the transcript. Because <laughs> uh, even well, though I'm your host with the most, <laughs> you're still the editor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Is that if I didn't care for the way that she did the opening or closing, I could just re-record <laughs> it and stick my own. <laughs> you know. I'd like the also, record to reflect that I was proud of myself for the opening. You did a fine job. I, I, yeah. I don't think I'll have any reason to change your opening. You did. Uh, gotcha. An excellent job. Gotcha. And I was given 37 seconds to organize my thoughts. Yeah. And it's it was a very creative outcome. I like you. Thank well, you. And you had asked about doing the opening when we first realized that I'd be the one doing this recap, yeah. and I flatly <laughs> turned it down. <laughs> um, but then as I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, uh, there's no good reason for me to be so uh, precious with the yeah. opening. <laughs> it's not like, you know, there are people tuning in because of my opening. <laughs> Don't sell so, yourself short now. Well, Dear listener, metrics tell when they stop listening. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, yeah, yeah they stop listening two about in, a minute like, and a half in. Yeah. That was enough for today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like, then they come to the very end just to re-listen at the closing. Exactly. What yeah. were the scores? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do you know, like, now is this thing like, do people download it or they stream it or both? Or I, I think it, it does both. Like, I think it, it counts both. it either way. Gotcha. So, but like for the streamers, we don't know how far they go. No, I, I'm sure there may be like a higher level of payment you can put in that will give you even more oh, metrics. Gotcha. But, you know, if we were, uh, like if we were a sixth rate podcast <laughs> or a third rate podcast, yeah. then it may be worth spending the extra money. But yeah. I'd say for our ninth rate status gotcha. that the amount of money that, you know, I spend on it a year is mm -hmm. gives us enough metrics to yeah. you know gotcha. kind of gauge how we're doing. But gotcha. Anyways. You can't put a price tag on Noonie's friendship. Oh, that's true. That is true. Um and next episode, 
Uh, we did get a recent response from Numi that uh, that I'll impart on yeah. you next episode cool. when Very you cool. know I don't have the uh, yeah recapping responsibilities exactly. So. Heavy as the head that eats the crayons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it eats the crayons? It's, it's from 30 Rock. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> I feel like that's a show I should watch, but I've heard that it's become problematic even in yeah. the few years since it's been off the yeah. air. But um, still, still, though, it seems like a show I would definitely enjoy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I watched an episode here or there, but mm-hmm. totally unrelated to Golden Girls or anything else, I, I thought you'd be really happy to know <laughs> that Sherry and I just, uh, I don't know, maybe... Three or four days ago, finished up um, Santa Clarita Diet. The whole series? Yeah, yeah I watched the whole Didn't series. Didn't you love it? I did like it a lot. Um, love would be a slightly strong, but um, definitely worth the time to watch. Yeah. The only thing, for some reason, my mom is not at all a fan of Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were mentioning that She's show. anti ET, right? I don't know if she cares Some about ET. Stupid e. alien. Probably more like. She doesn't like illegal aliens. Tell her to skip next episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't want to get any hate mail. Um, exactly. That one had a twist ending, but you'll have to wait till next week to find out about that. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, she doesn't like Drew Barrymore, and she was like, oh, she just seems fake to me. And I was like, I don't know. I've heard her on podcasts mm-hmm. and whatnot. She seems like a pretty genuinely yeah. upbeat, yeah. nice person. Yeah. But then after watching 30 episodes of her mm-hmm. back-to-back, I was like, yeah, it's a little grating. Uh-huh. Like, I, <laughs> I can see yeah. how having a... Like the time between seasons would have been Mm -hmm. a good cleanser um, from her (laughs) extremely upbeat uh, personality. How did you feel about Timothy Oliphant? Oh, he was fantastic. (laughs) I'd watch anything he was in at this (laughs) point. So good. Honestly? He was so amazingly good. I couldn't tell if you were being sincere. um, Like that Justified, you should definitely watch because he's just absolutely man crush in that. Um, But like... it's just the stupidest line and I don't know why but I think about it probably once a week um, (laughs) when they're talking about they're trying to decide like if they should start attending church or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like oh I think it'll give our weekend structure (laughs) (laughs) and I don't even know if that's a joke if it is it's just like this tiny little sliver of a joke but just his delivery I just laughed it worked for you it did it really did and especially since I mean like they're freaking realtors they make their own schedule right yeah (laughs) not like they need structure on their weekend they have it no other time right yeah i don't know well i'm looking forward because we are a little behind on the mandalorian right uh-huh. now because sherry decided she had not watched it with mm-hmm. me and joey the first mm-hmm. time around mm-hmm. and then she decided she wanted to watch it so I was like okay cool and we mm-hmm. actually just finished watching season one tonight okay and it was a rewatch you know of course for yeah. me but um I know that he he pops up in it, mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to seeing him. But I yeah. kept that under wraps. I didn't want Sherry to have that little yeah, spoiler yeah. yet. But um, but he, yeah, I, I definitely would consider giving Justified a try. Mm-hmm. Or Dead isn't Deadwood another one? That yeah, he's in? yeah. And that's one I've not seen, but I thought about just purchasing the complete series just because yeah. I'm that much of a fan. Well, my friend Lance, who everything he steered me in the direction of, I mm-hmm. like. He's the one who originally steered me in the direction of Lost, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. I think there's been at least one other thing. It, mm-hmm. All hits. Um, yeah. And he was a big fan of Deadwood, so, mm-hmm. you know, between Oliphant and his recommendation. Mm-hmm. Good good indicator that it's yeah. also a good series, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, Brent has never steered me towards something I didn't like. He's only overhyped a couple things, you know, like, <laughs> Like, for example, um, what's the one that you – Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. which that's one where I, I really think if I watched it another time or two, mm-hmm. I would probably yeah. have a, an even higher opinion. I enjoyed yeah. it for sure. Certainly would mm-hmm. recommend it. Yeah. But I went in, like, expecting to just be blown the fuck away. Yeah. And instead, so yeah. I was just, you know, mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't quite the level that I was yeah. expecting based on Brent's effusive praise. Yeah. Um, when I um, – <clears throat> so I recently, you know, found myself – um, in a strange environment, in a strange, you know, cleaning training class type situation. And they were doing these icebreaker questions. And mm-hmm. what got to me, it asked me, like, you know, my question was, you know, if you could be any character in any movie, who would you like to be? Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, the big Lebowski. I think that's just a, a fine ethos. And I'd love to live my life like that. Um, and like nobody in the class had a flicker of recognition as to what the fuck I was <laughs> no talking knew, about. Huh? They didn't. Just blank so, expressions from everyone. Exactly. And so I thought, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, obviously it's me. Let me take off my mask and repeat it. Right. <laughs> so I did, and I doubled down, and then they were just confused and annoyed that I may have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, the dude abides. You got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so you were all like, COVID be damned. You must not have heard what I had to say. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. I gave the greatest possible answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's, I think, the hyperbole that I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a fine answer to the question, but uh-huh. greatest possible. You know, I don't know, that may be a little bit of a stretch. So. I find it's best not to do things halfway. I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. <laughs> well, then why not go for Morgan Freeman and uh, Bruce Almighty? That's all all the way. <laughs> that's a possibility. <laughs> so you're like, if I could be a character in any movie, I, I would, would be, God. be God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's but what? Morgan Freeman, God, because yeah. that so. way. So, so you can I, narrate anything. Yeah. The, the the point of the exercise was for us to like quickly get to know one of another, and I think for that answer to for me to have a, that answer to have occurred to me, I would have had to sit there and think for like three hours, <laughs> which would have defeated the purpose well, of the exercise. So, yeah. It's like, well, I know that he he's a thoughtful man. Exactly. <laughs> can you come back to me? At the end of the day, exactly. <laughs> really, like when you started with that, I really thought you were going to say Morgan Freeman and the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's how I want to spend my life watching the sisters go after Andy Dufresne. <laughs> it's a sad life. <laughs> Well, hey, at least you'd know at the end of your life you'd end up, you know, getting to escape to Mexico or whatever yeah. it was that he, yeah. you know, ended up. Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah, spoilers here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, all right. Well, so today, <laughs> I don't know if Brent already announced the season and whatnot. Obviously, season two, episode twenty. Whose face is this anyway? It's Fess Parker's. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Original air date, uh, February 28th, 1987, written by Winifred Hervey and directed by Terry Hughes. Yeah. So I think I covered all the bases that we do each <laughs> yes, episode. Yeah. All right, great. So, okay, we start off uh, act one, scene one. Uh, we're in the living room. Mm-hmm. The uh, audience starts to laugh while Dorothy's just uh, watering some plants. So we know that some tomfoolery. It is hilarious. <laughs> well, we, we can assume there's some tomfoolery happening just off camera. They're <laughs> laughing because... They're fake plants. They're like, that oh. doesn't even require watering. <laughs> what a fool. So it's not, they're not laughing at uh, Rose coming in with her big handheld, handheld camcorder. Maybe, it's maybe just, that. It's actually what's happening <laughs> on the screen to us as well. So Rose comes in. She's got a, a camcorder going in. She uh, calls Dorothy out for her opium addiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, in case anybody doesn't know, because Brent likes to throw in these slide jokes <laughs> on his. He's right to go with us, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm going to explain it. She mentions that Dorothy has a poppy seed in her teeth, um, <laughs> and uh, that's the opium addiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Explaining the jokes probably definitely decreases the value, but at least for those people who don't understand it, now they get exactly. where I'm coming from. Exactly. So Those of us... Um, English as a second language listeners right. trying to dec- <laughs> decipher it in their mind. <laughs> so, but uh, Rose is making a video for a class at junior college, um, proving you're never too old to throw money away on a useless education. There you go. Uh, Especially since you've already graduated from regular college once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not sure exactly. What the, I, I'm hoping this is just as a hobby. Right. Because I don't know that there's a whole lot of uh, application at the grief center. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she. He's planning to make a documentary, sm- yeah, exactly. Faces of death. <laughs> oh, no, was <laughs> funny. Um, so was Blanche's class was it at the junior college or was it like the adult learning annex or something? Or I mean, I feel like it was both. I think it was the adult learning annex at the junior college. Gotcha. So. Do we even do did they ever even talk about what the class was for for Blanche? I don't remember. Uh, I think she was trying to take classes so she could go up further in the museum. Oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. I think you're right. It was like yeah. an art history maybe or something. Something, yeah. Do you, either of you two think that, like, I don't know, Ski has gone back and taken ridiculous classes for no good reason. <laughs> um, do you, do, would you ever foresee yourself as just for, like, obviously what Rose is taking isn't something mm-hmm. for her career. It would just yeah. be... Uh, you know, continued education yeah. type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd ever bother to go back to school and pay to take a class just for your own betterment, I guess? Like, I think if I was retired, then possibly just to something to fill the time, mm-hmm. you know, or not retired necessarily, but maybe like 
I don't know if I came into a large sum of money and I no longer had to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, because there, there was a beer making class once. I was like, oh, that would be interesting, yeah. you know, but it's one of those things that it would just be for fun and not right. for a career. Well, it would also be somewhat expensive to try and get all that equipment at home, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I could see taking like a photography class or mm-hmm. maybe a podcasting class. So yeah. We could actually get up to an eighth rate, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, exactly. Um, Dare we say seventh? Yeah, let's not go too far. Too far. I mean, it won't be an Ivy League podcasting <laughs> education. Postgraduate work to get right. that high. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just looking for, you know, we what I can get. Improve our vernacular if, if we did that. <laughs> Good day, fellows. Right. So, Rose, uh, Rose wants Dorothy to be the uh, Norma Desmond to her Cecil DeMille. But Dorothy <laughs> says the uh, camera makes her look like Bess Parker, which we come back to several times throughout the episode. It is revisited at least four times, I think. What's that? The the t- yeah the yeah that 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 gag is brought up multiple times. I think mostly by Sophia, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who keeps calling her out for looking like Bess Parker when she's a on. man, by the way. Yeah, for whoever doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Quite a tall man too, six foot six. Yeah, um, I looked him up online, mm-hmm. yeah. and I could definitely see. And <laughs> there is a bit of a resemblance, although he wasn't a bad looking dude when he was young. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst comparison, and he wasn't like super ruggedly, mm-hmm. you know, handsome. Yeah, like, I wasn't femininely handsome either. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like Ernest Borgnine or something. Right? Yeah, you know. exactly. Um, my dad was a big Fess Parker fan, oh, so really? as soon as the name was mentioned, I was like, "Oh, right, Daniel well, Boone, Davy Crockett." Well, I've got a little bit on Fess Parker here, yeah. here in a bit, but um, but yeah. So, and just in case, there, there's a little factoid that I came across when I was doing that little joke about the, uh, you know, Norma Desmond. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, do you know Norma Desmond and Cecil DeMille? I know Cecil DeMille. Okay. Isn't that the uh, classic line of, "Where's my close-up, Mr. DeMille?" Yep, exactly. <laughs> And that was the funny uh, fact I came across. You know, one of the most famous lines of all time, but it's actually misquoted all the time because the actual line is, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. But it's always pronounced as... Uh, DeMille you know, at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah. And I did love, one of my favorite lines comes up after that where uh, <laughs> Rose says, don't worry, this is a documentary. It's okay if you're not good looking. Right. <laughs> the, um, so that's from Sunset Boulevard. Right. And... Um, William Holden, he plays a detective in there named Neff. And the uh, last name is Neff. And then it's spelled, you know, N-E-F-F. And, like, he introduces himself at some point in the movie. He's like, it's Neff, two Fs, like Philadelphia, which I always thought was like a, <laughs> like a funny line or whatever. And then um, I actually met somebody whose last name was Neff. And I was like, oh, with two Fs, like in Philadelphia? <laughs> and they just stared at me like I was really Exactly. Because obviously they were not a cinephile. <laughs> well, it was a deep cut. While well, most people know the, that one yeah. misquoted line, yeah, I definitely would have had no idea what the hell you were talking yeah. about. I probably wouldn't have gotten the uh, joke, but I definitely would, or like the, the reference, but I would definitely love the joke. Okay. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, well, once the once the ref, the joke was explained, yeah. it's a fine joke for sure. Um, exactly. Well, just, just it's funny to be like, oh, it's, it's a callback to a movie from 50 years ago or exactly. 70 years ago at this point, I think. Exactly. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, so then a, a moment later, Sophia walks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose also asks her if she'll be in this uh, documentary that she's mm-hmm. making. And she asks if there are any nude scenes involved because if it's – or nude love scenes involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it's integral to the plot, she's more than happy to do it. She's in. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that she uh, that she really cares about the arts. She and does. She is willing to yeah. you know put herself out there. She doesn't even give any criteria. No. She's just nude love scene. Period. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, and then of course uh, Blanche comes in a moment later, <laughs> and she asks Blanche about it, and Blanche is already looking for nude love scenes, <laughs> assuming that's the kind of filming that you do. <laughs> Which she mentions that it takes, I think. Uh, Three dates. Yeah, three dates. Before you start letting someone film yeah. <laughs> the uh, sex capades. So that was 87. Imagine how quickly, like, I would imagine today she'd be one of those, you know, people on Tinder just looking to. She's got the video rolling when she meets you. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, where are we going? Yeah, exactly. I've, I'm live streaming this Yeah, I've right got now. listeners and, and fans. We, they're coming with us today. Right. This is part of my paid account that people yeah. <laughs> My Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's like a Tinder for elderly people? 
Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a Tinder per se, but I know there are elderly person dating sites. Okay. And surely Tinder with an E. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would imagine that there are definitely people who are just, you know, DTF and just getting mm-hmm. on there to hook up with people. Cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, there are certainly, I'm sure, older people that are not looking for a, a long-term relationship, too. Yes. So. Can you sext on a jitterbug? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, at the very least, um, <laughs> you know, you can probably set the phone to vibrate. <laughs> so, you know, you can text back and forth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm 88. I ain't into good health. All right. So I'm not going to be around too long. <laughs> Eight equal, 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 <laughs> equal. Right, Carrot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our second reference to Fess Parker comes up um, because I think Rose mentions that Dorothy doesn't want to because she doesn't think she looks good on film, and yeah. then that's when Sophia brings up that uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't like that either if you looked like Fess Fess Parker and Hill heels. <laughs> yeah. And then Blanche in the mail to kind of wrap up our first scene here gets in the mail an invitation to a reunion for her sorority Alpha mm-hmm. Gams, mm-hmm. Um, and Rose mentions as mm-hmm. Brent alluded to earlier that she was part of Alpha Yams mm-hmm. when she was in college because it was an agricultural <laughs> university, yeah. which I thought was an excellent, yeah. excellent little joke. Um, and the only requirement I think she said, like it didn't matter your social standing or financial standing yeah, very, or whatever. Yeah, very accepting. Yeah, people. very accepting to everybody. You just had to be able to castrate a sheep. Exactly. So, which I'd assume you'd have to show proof of, right? Yeah. Um, so exactly, bringing the cotton balls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when that's when we find out that some of uh, wouldn't it be wool? I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm not an alpha yam. I don't know. <laughs> And then we find out that some of uh, Italy's finest sopranos were castrated former mayors. So, um, and that uh, that wraps up scene one for us there. And that brings us to a new segment <laughs> that uh, that will probably be exclusive to episodes that I do recaps for, which, uh, you know, this may be the first and last one. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But the uh, new segment is Alan's Deep Dives. Oh, well, ooh. <laughs> I thought it was going to be called Fess Up. <laughs> that, that was oh, actually, yeah. Too. But I couldn't. I, I don't think I could do a Fess Parker related <laughs> <laughs> feature each time. But obviously, Fess Parker. My thought with this little potential segment mm-hmm. would be that I would pick something, you know, and one of the obscure, obscure-ish references mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, we get, and and do a little bit of a yeah. deep dive into that. Gotcha. So, so as Brent's probably already noticed, I have uh, some Fess Parker information printed mm-hmm. out. To, so Fess Parker. The, like, the first thing I noticed was, you know, just his face on the printout. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was just the heart you had drawn around. <laughs> well, and I also have a little crack through it because it's broken <laughs> since he died in 2010. Exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, obviously Fess Parker, as we've already mentioned, not a bad looking dude at all. But um, unfortunately, he's, he died. Uh, wouldn't be a good-looking woman, ago. though, you think? Um, <laughs> I mean, he'd be a could be a handsome woman. Was a Daniel Boone um, mm-hmm. from 1964 to 70. Mm-hmm. Now, actually, I was shocked or surprised anyway. I don't know if I don't think I've ever seen these old Davy Crockett mm-hmm. things um, yeah. or the Daniel Boone for that matter. Yeah, I've definitely heard the song of like Davy yeah. yeah. Davy Crockett. My Have you dad heard is, the whole song. I think so. I mean, it my dad little, used to sing it. It's it. a little rough near the end yeah, from, yeah. <laughs> from modern perspective. Yeah. Well, yeah. Find yeah. an engine. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, oh, do you have more to well, say? Well, just that, that that series only had three episodes to it. Um, oh, yeah. And it's considered really? the first miniseries in TV mm-hmm. history, although the term hadn't been coined at the time. Yeah. And then the um, the Daniel Boone one, because that one ran for a little while, right? Yeah, like six years, six, seven yeah, years. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the one that my dad watched them all or whatever. But the Daniel Boone one is still on one of the channels like every day at noon or something oh, okay. like that. Um, not me TV or one of those things. Right. You know, he can watch it while he has his lunch. Like for the longest time, maybe it's no longer shown whatever but for the longest time he would watch that while he was having his lunch and then send me a message while he was watching it as to what was going on oh. okay 
And it was always just like just batshit crazy because <laughs> he would be like, oh, this is the one where, you know, Daniel Boone means out Al- meets Albert Einstein or something like <laughs> there was always some famous like historical figure traveling through rural Kentucky that week. And Daniel had to help him out of a jam. <laughs> it was always people was like, I think they missed each other by a couple of decades <laughs> right, and yeah. a continent. Right. <laughs> it just made no sense. They're but... like, well, this is a person who was alive in the general time exactly. frame. <laughs> so we're going to go and throw him on in. Exactly. What would happen if Daniel Boone met Albert Einstein? <laughs> we'll write it up, gents. Exactly. <laughs> Tell the audience. Well, know. yeah, what they didn't explain in that series, apparently, but, you know, was actually part of the plot, was that there is uh, open wormholes and time travel going uh-huh. on. So, I mean, that was just a subtext. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. but it, was it was implied. Like the Doctor Who of the time <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. They figured you'd fi- you know, yeah. they thought you'd figure it out on your own as yeah. you watched. Yeah. Probably should have, but... Um, so, Professor Parker, uh, he, he's actually a junior, named after his father, and uh, his name is in honor, at least the father's name, was in honor of an educator and politician named Simeon D. Fess. Yeah. So, if you want to do more research on what contributions he made, by yeah. all means, check that out. But this is a deep dive into Fess Parker, not Simeon D. Fess. <laughs> was so. He, so, and was he named after a famous monkey? <laughs> Maybe maybe monkeys were named after him. I mean, this was a while back. I don't know when they started calling monkeys simians. Yeah. So. Which came first, the monkey or the man? <laughs> right. <laughs> if, but, uh, if you adhere to uh, um, evolutionary uh, ploys, mm-hmm. then the monkey. Okay. Well, yeah. That is, yeah. But the name, I guess. Though, I know. I know. I'm just... Uh, but uh, he enlisted in the U.S. Navy in the latter part of World War II. He wanted to be a pilot, but apparently he was too tall. At six foot six, he couldn't fit into the cockpit, um, okay. either as the pilot or the gunner. It's apparently a common issue. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, well, six foot six is pretty, pretty tall. tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, but From he did a... still serve. Uh, he, I think he ended up going into the Marines. It said apparently they had taller accommodations <laughs> in yeah. the Marines. Um, then after he discharged from the Army, he enrolled in uh, Hardin-Simmons University and uh, said that this was just a random fact thrown in, that after an automobile collision, he was stabbed in the neck by the other driver during an argument. Hmm. So, But apparently he made it out okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that's some road rage and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so Fess uh, left uh, Hardin-Simmons and went to the University of Texas at Austin and graduated from there and then uh, went on to do some... Uh, pursue a master's degree in theater history at the uh, University of Southern California. Nice. And it was after that in 1951 that he began his acting career yeah. um, in a play where he had a $32 a week job as an extra in the play Mr. Roberts. Yeah. Went well, on to do, go ahead. Uh, two things. Um, I like the fact that, you know, um, Davy Crockett went to college near the Alamo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's what, it, well, I don't know. I guess probably just wanted to act inspired him to take the role. But, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it said that he uh, he did some bit parts and a lot of different, you know, small things, mm-hmm. you know, up in the first four or five years of his career. Yeah. And then uh, he was up against an actor named James Arness for the role of Davy Crockett and they were both in a movie together called uh, it was a science fiction film about giant ants called mm-hmm. Them mm-hmm. and he had a small scene as a pilot so he did finally get to fulfill his dream of being a pilot <laughs> at least exactly. on the big screen and he filmed a pilot named the Fastburger that's right he did um, but he uh was a pilot put into an insane asylum after claiming his plane had been downed by giant flying insects that's- and, and James Arness got to do gun smoke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, pretty, pretty big turn for him as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but apparently during the screen of this film, Walt Disney himself uh, discovered Parker, and he was impressed by Parker's portrayal of a man who's unswerving, who is unswerving in his belief in what he saw, despite the forces of authority against him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then he went to meet at Disney Studios. He brought his guitar, met Walt sang a song and then said goodbye <laughs> and then a few weeks later got called ended up getting the role in davy crockett buddy epson you know mm-hmm. of uh yeah. beverly, beverly hillbillies yeah, yeah fame was his uh, co-star in that or his sidekick yeah. i guess and almost wizard of oz oh yeah yeah um and then uh like i said it was a three episode version you know mini series about davy mm-hmm. crockett's life and it started a merchandising frenzy can you imagine for what uh can you guess for what I'm product? I'm going to guess Coonskin Caps. That's right. Yeah, Coonskin <laughs> Caps went crazy. And all things Crockett, but especially the cap. 
And uh, then he became a contract star for Disney and appeared in several other things. But uh, he felt like they were just typecasting and putting them all in the same role. So mm-hmm. he, he does sound very similar, yeah. Yeah, eventually went his separate ways. Uh, took part in a stage production in 63 of uh, Oklahoma as Curly. Yes. Um, and then it was after that that he went on to do his role, uh, probably second most famous role of being, uh, what was it again, Daniel Boone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel Boone. Um, and did that for six years. Now, I did note that uh, he got one Emmy nomination in 1954, but lost to that son of a bitch, George Goebel. Um, <laughs> the nomination was for Best New Personality, and he was never nominated for an Emmy again, nor was any show that he was in. <laughs> I thought it was a little harsh that they wanted to put. Not only was he not nominated, but also nothing that <laughs> featured him either. In 91, he was named a Disney legend. and Quick, so like... So he was nominated for Best New Personality. Right. Okay. And then he lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then no glory ever came his way. Yeah, apparently not. So do you think everybody who, like, considered voting for him for Best New Personality was like, dodged a bullet on that one? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so glad I didn't say he was going to be the next Shining Star. Yeah, I would look like a total asshole exactly. if he would have gotten my vote that year. And then, exactly. you, well, know, you never George know. George Goble went on to big things, maybe. <laughs> exactly. maybe. Maybe that would have given him the extra, you know, boost. Mm. To be uh, an even better performer. Yeah, yeah I mean, he could have really, you know. Maybe he was so forlorn from the loss. Mm-hmm. But in there fairness to him, Daniel or Davy Crockett is still an enduring thing. I mean, there's still yeah. things in the Disney parks related to it. Yeah, we know the song. Yeah, exactly, famous. yeah. And then Daniel Boone lasted for six seasons and was very popular mm-hmm. when it was on. So mm-hmm. I think some of these uh, people, maybe they just felt so ashamed that they didn't vote for him that that's mm-hmm. why they're like, well, we can't give him the love now because then we'll look like assholes for not giving it to him back yeah. then. <laughs> but, um, and then I guess he also has a, uh, one of the kind of traditions in Disney, uh, Disneyland especially, but I think they do it in Disney World too for some of their you know stars of the past. Mm-hmm. They have honorary windows on Main Street or in other parts of the park, okay. and he has one in the Frontierland section in Disneyland. Yes. So. What does that mean exactly? Well, like, is his face painted in the window something, or something? Or at or? least something representing him. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't look to see what his specific window looks like. Um, I thought maybe it was like a cardboard cutout similar to what they had in like uh, Home Alone where they're just kind of moving around. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, what they do is they put one of those like guys that's out in front of a car dealership, you know, those big like <laughs> balloon mans, but they just yes. stick his face on the front of it. I like it. Um, <laughs> Well, they're having a frontier party over there. Exactly. It's the, the balloon guy with a coonskin cap on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and, and then just to wrap up his acting career, as Brent mentioned, that uh, he did a pilot for the Fest Parker show, which was supposed to be a sitcom, um, but it was not picked up. So yeah. that was the when he decided to hang up his yeah. you know his acting career. He's like, if I'm not even good enough to play me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he did, I guess, in the 60s. He was interested in opening a Davy Crockett-themed amusement park, but then uh, apparently just a couple hours from the site that he had purchased with the intent of developing it, Kings Island opened, and uh, so all of his funding for it, investments for it, dried up because they're like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with the beast. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, and so then he decided to uh, devote his... Uh, most of the rest of his life to his winery, the Fess Parker Family Winery and Vineyards in uh, Los Olivos, California, and produced several ty- different types of award-winning wines, apparently. See, there's his, his glory right there. Yeah. That's and, where his awards are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And in addition to wine, the winery is known for selling coonskin caps <laughs> and bottle toppers inspired by Parker's Crockett and Boone characters, and it was in the movie Sideways. Nice. Um, and it said that uh, Parker's wine labels have a... Uh, have a logo of a golden coonskin cap on it. So nice. if you're ever out there and notice that, then you know, you know where, where it came I've from. I've seen part of that movie. And uh, <laughs> seen part of Sideways. Yeah. <laughs> and he has two children. The only reason I mention this is his son, Fess Elijah Parker III. Okay. And then um, his daughter is Ashley Allen Reinhardt, which I don't think I've ever seen a girl with the name Allen as part mm. of their name. And it's even spelled the right way. Gotcha. Uh, so, so there's uh, that concludes the... Deep dive, um, the first deep dive with Alan. Gotcha. I like it. Now, is Ashley Reinhardt's daughter Haley Reinhardt? Uh, not that I know of, okay. but, <laughs> but I did not check to see where the lineage yeah. goes past his children. Yeah. It did say he had 11 grandchildren when he died. So, oh, okay. Um, 
One of them could have been a Haley. We don't know. It could be. Yeah, very well could have been. So, like I said, we've at this point. Did you guys have anything else to add to? Not about Fess Parker. Parker or no. this first scene. I haven't the slightest. No. Okay. So I, think, I, I think I've learned more about Fess Parker than I ever intended to. Yeah, and probably definitely more than you ever wanted to. As well, so. I learned that Simeon is a first name, also. Yeah, Simeon and and Alan can be a girl's middle name. Yeah. So nice. all kinds of new things. But, um, brave new world next time I have a child. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'll be a, I don't know, a surgery or two away, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just watching the episode of The Office the other day when um, Michael <laughs> talks about, yeah, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> Getting his surgery. Do you remember that? He got a vasectomy at Jan's request, and then she wanted him to get it reversed, and then she wanted him to get it again. <laughs> so, I did not remember that, actually. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the the series, but I've not seen the whole thing. My cousin Dave, he he had a reverse vasectomy. Oh, yeah? And it's he's produced two uh, awesome new kids, although one of them nice. I haven't got to spend much time around because yeah. he was born right before gotcha. all this pandemic stuff happened. But um, That's cool. Yeah, so obviously he made the right decision with the reversal, even yeah. though it's a painful decision to make. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> Um, yeah. So then we open up our uh, second scene. Save my discussion about mine for another episode. Oh, did you want to discuss? No, no. Oh, <laughs> by, by all means, we can do a deep dive into that as well. No, no. Like. I'm, sure, I'm sure there's an episode where Stanley gets a vasectomy. Or, <laughs> right. Or well, I'll be looking forward to that. When it yeah. does come up, I'll be expecting a nice interjection <laughs> on your part. <laughs> so in our second scene, uh, Rose starts off by, uh, well, Dorothy acknowledges Rose, mm-hmm. and then uh, Rose scolds her for it because she's filming the documentary, and mm-hmm. she's supposed to ignore the camera being there. And we find out that apparently Rose was filming Dorothy naked, giving herself a pedicure, yeah. uh, which has made you know Dorothy a little bit... Uh, a little bit wary of the camera. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, or Rose's presence in general. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I mean, that's creepy just in general that you're you know, sneaking around with the camera, yeah. and you find someone naked, you know, Taking care of their feet problems. Uh, exactly. Sawing off a bunion. <laughs> she was giving herself a pedicure. Right. Naked. We see Davy Crockett you know? in the wild. <laughs> <Came into it. laughs> yeah. It's just beans and franks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that, we, know where, we know where the coonskin cap went. Um, so, but, uh, yeah. Well, you would think that. Assumably, it would have to be in her bedroom, Did you say right? American? I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 one would think. I mean, that's not... You don't do that in the community bathroom. Yeah, or, or you, you know, especially not, you know, even in a more communal place like the living room. Yeah, or yeah. Any place you would have gone with that camera would have been a bit mm-hmm. out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, these ladies are living their life, you know, unaware that there are cameras and studio audiences and all that sort, mm-hmm. okay? And yet, we've seen them. Like, if they go from their bedroom to the kitchen, they're putting on slippers and robes. And yeah. <laughs> they are always fully garbed. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't accidentally come out naked. I mean, this isn't Blanche being, you know, snuck upon. Uh, uh-huh. Especially freaking Dorothy. She's yeah. always got like 20 layers on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she is immune to the Miami heat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, from there, they go on into the kitchen. Sophia's in there dressed. Mm-hmm. Well, Dorothy puts it uh, perfectly. She says, My, Ma, why are you dressed like someone from Small World? Mm-hmm. And her Sophia goes into her. Uh, pitch trying to get people to send yeah. her money for recipes yeah. for her lasagna yeah um, she mentions that all the great italians needed uh, uh exposure exposure yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly the great italian chefs mama celeste chef boyardee and chef balducci um which of course uh, rose does not know of chef balducci yeah. she says oh it was a different exposure that he did and he mm-hmm. should have stuffed the can yeah. cannellini in the traditional manner yeah. <laughs> as opposed to i assume what stuffing it with his dick <laughs> I, I was too busy considering the fact that the two times in my life I've heard a Mama Celeste has been in Golden Girls references. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know I've seen Mama's. Well, I can't say I know, but I believe that I've seen Mama Celeste products in the store uh-huh. before. Saw um, it at Dollar Tree just oh, the other you? day. Yeah, really? They got, nice. they got uh, the, like a freezer section uh-huh. now mm-hmm. at Dollar Tree. Yeah. And they got Mama Celeste uh, mm-hmm. like microwave pizzas. Or okay. Yeah. Kind of like Totino's. Little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should have bought one just so you could give us the review on it. I'll exactly. bring one in next time. Okay, yeah. well, I expect... I mean, you don't need to bring one in, but just no, bring in your opinion. we're going to have Mama Celeste <laughs> at this place. <laughs> Are we going to eat it on mic so that our <laughs> listeners can be disgusted? We can, yeah, if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe pre or post. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe not next episode, but maybe the following day. Yeah. <laughs> Ring in the new year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the 28th, right. but you know, on the 3rd or 4th. 
though. But uh, Blanche arrives home early from a reunion and starts uh, taking the lasagna to Pound Town. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy asks if something's the matter, and she's like, no, everything's fine. Why? And Dorothy says, well, as long as there's nothing uh, bothering uh, you. Uh, here it come. Would you like to defrost a loin of pork? Yay. For you <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Not only did they break out Mama Celeste again, but loin of pork yeah. shows a... Yeah, they're really like, giving us the callbacks in this episode. They really are. I was like, you know, are they trolling me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Well, you know, that was a generous offer because that's an expensive chunk of meat. Exactly. <laughs> but it made no sense. It's like using it to sop up the sauce. Like, who ever uses a loin of pork? Yeah, who uses a chunk of meat <laughs> to sop up anything? Like tomato sauce, I would assume, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. lasagna. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like, you want me to bake you a loaf of bread or like something, but not <laughs> pork. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. Yeah. That joke got me right in the sweet spot. Yeah, that was an excellent <laughs> one. Um, so then, of course, she discusses how, you know, she's upset because she went to this reunion. Mm-hmm. All the women have had plastic surgery and are looking great. And Well, you know, and remember, did, oh, go ahead. Did she say they had plastic surgery? Oh, I think she mentions that they've had work done. Um, okay, I didn't. I thought they had just aged naturally better than her. No, she had said they had had work done, okay, and that's gotcha. why they had um, facelifts and whatnot. I think. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, and remember before she went to the the reunion, mm-hmm. one of the wing, reasons she really was excited about going was because she thought she would be the fairest of all. Right. Yeah. She thought they would all look like hags and she'd be beautiful. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's be always jealous. been the fairest of all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least in her her own view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, uh, go ahead. It's one of those things that, like, I don't know. It's one of those things. You think her response could have been, yeah, but, you know, 50,000 gentlemen can't be wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may not quite be as beautiful as you, but can't argue with the results. Right, yeah. <laughs> now, now, you're assuming that the other chicks from the uh, you know, sorority aren't even... As big or bigger whores. If if they are as big or bigger, I think I'd have heard of the chlamydia outbreak that wiped out the South. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no hope of the South rising again. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You make a solid point. So, yeah. So then, uh, you know, they console her a little bit. And Dorothy says something to the effect, like she just would would either need to get work done. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy is, you know, on board with the idea of work in general, um, mm-hmm. but she'd either need to get work done or just accept that she's going to age and mm-hmm. you know, like the rest of them. Yeah. And she, as she exits the room, she says, I couldn't go on if I had to look like the two of you, mm-hmm. which is one of the harshest lines I think that yeah. Blanche has ever said. <laughs> so, it's pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and that, that closes, I think our, our first act. So, do you well, guys have then, anything else to add to that? Well, the scene? very end, Dorothy mm-hmm. says, "You know, I was on board with her right up to the very end." <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially when they're trying to comfort her, and then she takes a pretty harsh yeah. shot at them. That's... I would want to die if I looked <laughs> like you guys. Yeah. So then, after that, we wrap up uh, Act One and head into Act Two with Dorothy and Sophia in the kitchen discussing beverages and denture care. And Rose lets them know that uh, the snuff film she's been working on is basically complete. So. <laughs> So they, uh, they go in there, they talk about how, well, before they leave the kitchen, they talk about how Blanche is still mourning, you know, her lost youth, mm-hmm. apparently. And uh, Sophia talks about how she used to be vain and beautiful, you know, at least relatively speaking, because mm-hmm. we find out she's not as beautiful as the lady that came to town. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we find out that apparently her village had a big foot fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because <laughs> uh, that was a, an odd collectible, what was it, the, uh, mm-hmm. her, uh, Foot, mud, yeah, mud footprints, footprints in the mud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but, you know, I guess whatever gets you going. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Blanche comes in. <laughs> <laughs> and just see, like, I don't know, pouring plaster into yeah. it. <laughs> like, like Bigfoot style, right? Like, exactly. Right. That's exactly how I imagined <laughs> it. And I was like, man, world's worst fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a, I know she said it was a poor village. And yeah. So, <laughs> but but I, apparently they weren't a village that was poor on time because yeah. that is a time a time suck of a yeah. pastime. But but Blanche comes in then she's feeling better. She's ready to watch Rose's mm-hmm. movie. They all go into the living room and sit down to watch it. And Blanche realizes that Father Time's winning the fight um, <laughs> and decides to inspire the 2004 reality show The Swan. 
Um, did you guys remember The Swan by chance? I have heard of it, but I have never watched it. It is a show that I think would get crushed today. Um, but basically, it's like these. It's an ugly duckling type show yeah. where you know the swan, where these people come in who have been beaten with the ugly stick throughout life, <laughs> and and they're generally like good people or whatever, <laughs> you know. And then they get this massive plastic surgery where it's like they do ten different all kinds of stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> ears, nose, teeth, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, to get themselves, I don't know. Physically beautiful. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's um, like the reality show version of the hottie and the naughty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. That I feel like that's a show that Sharon and I actually watched. Um, yeah. at it wasn't on all that long ago, was it? 2004. That's been a so. while, I guess, yeah. And, I mean, the world has changed a lot in 16 years. I, I, I would be shocked if any show like that it was attempted to be aired nowadays. Oh, yeah, there's... The world's full of self-acceptance yeah. and well, it should be. Yeah, um, but I'm not it's saying that's a bad thing. It's shocking to me that shows like The Bachelor are still on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. um, been like 20 years since like she's all that. Um, but I got to say, like if you were to take Rachel Lee Cook today, mm-hmm. you know, put a pair of glasses on her, she'd be just as ugly as she was back then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 really uh, find Rachel Lee Cook to be a repulsive young lady. Well, I guess not young anymore, but. Just with the glasses, but then you take them off. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like Clark Kent and Superman, is it? Exactly. Uh, Craig, if I'm wrong, I know you wear glasses. Helena also wears glasses, right? <laughs> so are you two just waiting for your moments to reveal your <laughs> truly beautiful selves no, to each other? No, the, the, the joke was it's so ridiculous that nobody at that high school found her attractive until she took off her glasses. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Yeah, that. Uh, One of my favorite movies actually uh, was I, I don't know if you guys remember, but like in the early two thousands, there was like a rash of like parody movies, mm-hmm. and one was called Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah. Right? did you guys uh, see it? I yeah, think I think so the rash of of parody movies were all in that that line of yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah, well, and and that was because that of was the like first... the teen rom com version of Scary Movie. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and it was actually one of the very first, or maybe the first time I ever saw Chris Evans, oh, okay. Captain America, was in yeah. it. And so, uh, but one of the jokes in that movie, mm-hmm. one of the parodies was of She's All That, mm-hmm. where like they make fun of the absurdity of the fact like, oh, her? She's got two heads. What the, she's, that would be easy to make her look beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> right? What about her? Oh, the girl with three legs or, you know, uh-huh. like a, a gimp arm or something? Exactly. That'd be too easy, too. Exactly. What about that girl over their glasses? What? No way. <laughs> hey, man, you said you could make any girl beautiful. <laughs> that Ah, this is going too far. Yeah. She's got glasses. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that the way, like, don't get me wrong. Like, she's all that. That's a solid movie. Like, I enjoyed that back in the day. Um, But I think that, like, if you really wanted to double down on the, oh, they totally transformed her, you know? Like, because the one dude has to, like, make her attractive. Freddie Prince Jr. has to make her attractive to win the bet or whatever. You cast two different actors. Like, you cast Rachel Lee Cook as the the Mm after-the-makeover, you know, version of Lainey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, the pre-makeover version of Lainey, you cast, like, Billy Barty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would, like, when you do that, that, you know, reveal as you turn the, you know, salon chair around, that would be impressive. You guys really did do a good job. (laughs) Exactly. I barely recognized her. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you do feel like... Maybe in today's world they would, but like with prosthetics and whatnot, mm-hmm. makeup, you'd have to feel like they could make people look uglier in there before mm-hmm. than they, you know, typically yeah. have in that trope. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I did. I did enjoy the movie from what I can recall. But yeah. It's been a bit. Yeah. But Love Guaranteed. It's a solid movie. Okay. Well, I'll definitely, you know, Her consider and, um, checking it out. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. Mm. Right. So. Well, right now, Sherry and I are working on Deary Girls, which, um, or Dairy. Dairy Girls? Dairy Girls? Dairy Girls, I think it is. How's it spelled? Um, I think it's D-R-R-D-E-R-R-Y. Okay. Dairy. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's actually pretty good. It's only two seasons, six episodes each, and they're like half-hour episodes. It's a pretty gotcha. quick watch. And it's Irish, um, so <laughs> some of it is the accents are a bit thick on some <laughs> of it, but you know, the, even the ones that are a little difficult to... <laughs> you know, discern the exact wording in it, you can <laughs> make out enough of the yeah. gist of it. That, yeah. Um, but we're almost done with that, so we'll have an, an opening for either a new show or maybe to watch a couple movies, um, mm-hmm. you know, cool. before jumping into a new series. Yeah. But, 
so let's see. So yeah, like I said, Blanche realizes that she's um, she is aging and decides to get a whole host of various uh, cosmetic surgeries done. Which apparently Blanche, you know, again, this brings us back to why they're so penny pinching at times mm-hmm. when she's willing to spend. You know, yeah, tens was, of thousands yeah. of dollars. It just had to be a massive amount of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, for everything. She's talking about a nose job. Basically, everything on her face. And she's planning and to do body. it in the country. Right. If yeah. she went to, like, you know, Brazil or somewhere, <laughs> right. she'd probably get it done relatively cheap. Uh, I mean, I think you need to go to probably Mexico just because Brazil, you'd have to pay for your flight down yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Like, she's mentioning all of these things that she wants done, you know, but at no point did she mention, like, you know, she's going to pay for a tightening, (laughs) (laughs) which I think's a thing. Like, I think it is, but I think she's only worried about the outward appearance. It's like once in the bedroom, you know, yeah. so she didn't care if they're throwing hot dogs down hallways. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, she probably looks at it as that's their problem at that point. I mean, it's her problem, but it's their shortcoming, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. Um, that if they can't hold up to the, you know, what's that twin's name? The Robs of the world. The, you know, the two twins that she she. Oh, mentioned. Rob and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then uh, as she leaves the room, Sophia throws out one of my favorite lines of, it's a shame to do all that and keep that hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, then we go on to the next scene, and she has uh, a bunch of pictures laid out on uh, on the kitchen table or the dining room table about all the various parts that she's hoping to assemble to mm-hmm. create her perfect look, I guess. Yeah, her Franken face. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> she wants a Cheryl Teague's nose, who is a model. Uh, Linda Evans' eyes, who I think is primarily a model. Um was she on Dynasty? I think so. So maybe yeah. model and actress. Yeah. Um, Lena Horne's cheekbones, the singer, of course, and then isn't she African American? Yes, I thought it was nice that she, you know, yeah. appreciated various cultures' uh, mm-hmm. uh, features. Now I'm sure that you know, knowing some of Blanche's history, that she would not mm-hmm. want Lena Horne's skin tone. Exactly. But, uh, exactly. But she'll take the cheekbones. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then a Carol Burnett's chin. Um, and uh, Rose says not to do it. Dorothy says to live your best life, and mm-hmm. that apparently she has had a, a you know some work done mm-hmm. on her eyes yeah. at some point. Now I know too that Dorothy had had her ears pinned back at one point mm-hmm. too, so she's had a couple cosmetic surgeries yeah. in her life. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sophia comments that please, you spent fifteen hundred dollars and you go out on two dates a year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, no, it makes me feel better. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then Rose uh, launches into her first story of the episode. Mm-hmm. We get two you know, yeah. solid Rose stories this episode about uh, Olga Fletching, one of God's most unattractive creations since the aardvark, <laughs> and that uh, she married a dance instructor. She got a bunch of work done mm-hmm. and then married a dance instructor named Adolf Stepp. Mm-hmm. They moved to Norway and formed the internationally known Scandinavian dance team of Stepp and Fetching. Um, and that the town almost went under because they didn't have a beautician in the town mm-hmm. anymore, and none of the husbands wanted to mate with their wives because apparently it was only cos like <laughs> makeup and hair that were making their wives attractive enough to have sex with. <laughs> so it was then, a very shallow town, I guess. Yeah, it really was. Um, and it was only Vidal Sass Volga Detter uh, coming to town to open up a salon because their favorable tax laws that saved the day. You know. I- I guess I just don't understand as far as like, you know, the birth rate plummeting, you know, because mm-hmm. like, did the women just not ask for sex? Yeah, I mean, because it's one of those things that I don't know much, but I do know that if a woman who can castrate a sheep asks me for sex, I oblige. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I've said plenty of times that an ugly man mm-hmm. uh, definitely can have a challenge getting having relations with a woman that he's not paying. And as uh, an ugly man, I can. Oh, you're certainly not an ugly man. I've said before. I don't know what, I won't say I'm a great judge of an attractive man, especially not that <laughs> mid-range of attractiveness, but I do know what an ugly man looks like, and gotcha. none of my friends fall into that category, yourself certainly included. Though I am awfully close. No. no <laughs> Borderline. No, I would say that if anything, you're you're you know pushing that upper end of, you know, <laughs> of the at least the mid-range. I mean, you're oh, no yeah. Chris Hemsworth, but, you know. <laughs> But you're also no Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) You're the the Larry Hemsworth of the group. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fine place to be. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, she talks about this and that, you know, basically the thing against getting the surgery is because it might ruin the town, Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, So then we, uh, do you guys have anything more to add about that scene? 
No, okay. really. So then we get another scene break, and we encounter a shockingly ethical plastic surgeon mm-hmm. who, you know, is really trying to tell Blanche that having surgery isn't going to mm-hmm. solve the problems in her life or, mm-hmm. you know, make everything better. Um, yeah, but he's not dressed like an ethical plastic surgeon. No, no, he looks totally <laughs> skeezy. He but, really does. Yeah, I was shocked to see how. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Henny, she even hands him like a. What I'm assuming is maybe a nudie magazine because mm-hmm. she wants to show him what kind of boobs she was uh, wanting. Mm-hmm. And he's right. like, oh, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this guy's uh, not mm-hmm. so great. But then, like you said, yeah. he goes right around and says, but be warned if you do this. <laughs> exactly. That's what turned it into a very special episode. <laughs> there <Right>. you go. <laughs> so then, you know, we're left with the impression that Blanche is, you know, she's decided she's going to do mm-hmm. it regardless of the uh, warning or, you know, mm-hmm. whatnot from the surgeon. Um, next scene, though, the the girls are there to visit Blanche in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Walk in on a person who you know has their face completely bandaged up. Apparently, it's not Blanche; it's some dude who has a horribly <laughs> mutilated penis. Um, at least that's the impression we're given. It was interesting that that was the way the person decided to reveal. Like, no, I'm not Blanche. Here's mm-hmm. my dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the guy's name is a uh, Diodoro, or at least his last name, and mm-hmm. and Sophia comments that it's funny he didn't look italian yeah i would have assumed he was greek oh <laughs> like, the, like name. the name diodoro is that yeah. sound more greek than italian yeah. well i'll give sophia yeah. the uh yeah the novel right but uh do you know do italian men not get circumcised i assume they do well yeah i mean i would think that whichever think any gentile does oh okay you know so then um yeah i don't know that would be the only thing that i think would make that distinctive uh-huh. <laughs> as far as you know Looking yeah. at a man's penis and determining yeah. what his nationality maybe, was. Maybe it's just one of those things where, like, they're notoriously well endowed. Or it could be. And this know? guy wasn't so much, yeah. at least after whatever accident caused the yeah. face situation. I have no comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that, um, so, like, you know, when I was a lad, um, like, The Godfather was, like, my all-time favorite book for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and if you told me I'd read that book a hundred times, I'd be like, all right, you know, that tracks, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but as much as I love that book, like the three chapters they devote to the size of Sonny's cock, (laughs) just always, (laughs) they spent spent way too many pages describing it and what it had done to various ladies. (laughs) So it's like Moby Dick, but like the way they describe the boat. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it was one of those things that it was like. So I'd read the book like two or three times, and then I, you know, saw the movies a couple of times, and then going back and forth between like watching the movies and reading the book and everything. So then, like, whenever I'm reading the book, it's fucking James Caan in that massive wiener <laughs> in the book. And... So now, whenever you see James Caan, you're watching <laughs> exactly. Elf, and you're thinking like, "Oh man, that tripod heat." Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's got a Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. So. uh we're now with the girls back in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and Blanche comes walking in. You know, they're like, hey, what happened? You know, we were expecting to be at the hospital. Yeah. And she basically, uh, she says something about that she has a gorgeous body, and Dorothy says, gorgeous body? Yesterday it was a bag of russet potatoes with earrings. Yeah. Um, thought it was another solid line. Yeah. And then basically, I guess, Blanche decided to get surgery because, well, she kind of makes it twofold, partially because this plastic surgeon who makes people attractive for a living, yeah. you know, wanted to have sex with her. So that was, yeah. you know, it gave her some validation. And well, then also the idea that might as well just string this guy along until he'll pay for, or I guess maybe do it pro bono. Exactly. It's like, why pay for a new cow when the old one's given milk for free? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, uh, and that closes out the episode. Um, I don't remember the exact, exact uh, closing line for that episode um it was another that blanche said that you know it doesn't matter what happens i'm gonna have the three of you and i look good in comparison yeah (laughs) and dorothy called back to her i was in her corner till the very end now see that i felt like that was the more standard level of blanche Mm -hmm. um, yeah the first one was much more cutting yeah because that one really just made it sound more like she was elevating herself more mm-hmm. than I would kill myself if I looked like you. <laughs> that's exactly. far more of a teardown. But, um, so, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we got to call back to that line to close out our episode. Yeah. So, um, did you have a favorite line? Um, I, think, I think my favorite line of it was probably Sophia saying it's a shame to get all that work done um, mm-hmm. and keep that hairdo. Yeah. What about you? Um, am I no longer the host? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I... Have I been relegated to sidekick once again? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess let me just finish up that... Uh, I mean, unless you want to read about the no, two, go two, ahead. two guest good. actors in it. Yeah. Joseph Whip played a Dr. Gordon yeah. W. Taylor. 106 titles with 24 episodes of Generations being his most prominent mm-hmm. work. He has been in a lot of big things, but yeah. not like a main character in yeah. those things. Yeah. Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. both. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, there was another one. I think Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or something okay. like that. Another big one. That yeah. may not be right, but yeah. it was another you know, big movie. Yeah. And then uh, Jodie Price was the nurse. Mm-hmm. She has very limited seven titles, um, but she we do get her, um, I think, around the end of season three with the second episode of Golden Girls. Nice. So I'm um, pretty, and they did not uh, credit the person in the cast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was actually Terry Hughes. Oh, was it Terry Hughes? I, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> That'd be great if that was like his last one that he directed. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, and his career petered out. Right. So, yeah, yeah so those are the guest actors. Play there. on words? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just something to say. Yeah. So now, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, relinquish this back to you, Brent, okay. so you can finish up your hosting. Do you have a favorite I line? Actually, my favorite line was the same as his, the, uh, the jab about the haircut. Yeah. I thought that was pretty golden. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I think my favorite was just about the loin of pork. Oh, yeah. That was, just, that was really, it's such a great callback. Too. It was. Just, I don't know if it was even an intentional callback, but it was, you know. <laughs> just the way they phrased it, I yeah. guess. Just a fastball across the center of the yeah. plate. <laughs> you know, so. what I meant to look up, but I didn't. I wanted to look back and see, you know, whatever episode they talked about loin of pork before, see if it was the same writer. Oh, well, that was the way we were. Um, <laughs> the way we met. The way we met, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um so yeah, I guess that would be a relatively easy one to look up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 certainly that that may be my favorite line. Now that you say that again, yeah. but yeah. though those two at least would be my contenders. Did you have an MVP ski? Um, I thought for this one, my favorite was probably definitely not Blanche. I just I was really turned I, off by how vain she was. I thought I guess maybe the doctor. Oh, nice. Because he was so ethical. Yeah. How about you? I, I'd have to go with Rose. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody, none of the girls super stood out. And that doctor, I mean, yeah, he was ethical, but he wasn't, you know. Very I, minor character. Yeah, I would need someone to really make a big impression to get my MVP for one scene. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that uh, you got two Rose stories in this mm-hmm. one, and both of them were good. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I think Rose ends up getting my MVP in a... You know, an episode I liked, but one that didn't really have someone who stood out a lot, I don't think. Yeah, I think as far as, like, straight-up dramatic acting goes, or just acting in general, you know, I thought, you know, Rue McClanahan knocked it out of the park. She had a couple of good little monologues in there and everything. But, I mean, I would definitely go with Rose, because I thought that, you know, whenever she had a turn at the plate to keep the metaphor going, Mm -hmm. she definitely (laughs) delivered. So, I'd go with Rose on that one. And I wish you would have said that when she had a turn on the plate to keep the metaphor going, she definitely hit a home run. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I should have. So how many slices would you give it, Ski? Um, I thought that it was well acted, but I didn't like the uh, the premise because of, you know, like I said, Blanche's extreme vanity. Mm-hmm. So I only gave it a three. Okay. Wow. Okay. How about for you? I mean, I liked it. I, I gave it a four. Um, I just oh. didn't feel like there was enough, like, hard-hitting, I don't know, like, great comedic lines mm-hmm. and the drama was good but it wasn't great by that show's you know standards yeah. for their dramatic turns they do occasionally yeah um so yeah i, I said four i thought i liked it i would definitely mm-hmm. watch it again but i definitely wouldn't put it into my personal consideration oh, for okay because like i was leaning towards like six and a half huh? but because you guys i guess i'll drop it down to five and a half well, don't you, change hey, yours give it, give it the you know whatever you know, suits you, so... Uh, it's fine. I'll go with five and a half. Okay. I'm fine with that. Either way, it, it wouldn't be, you know... It's not going to make the difference on it being there at the end. Yeah. Um, the way you fucked up that last one, May. <laughs> but we'll see. Sorry if I lampooned this one. Or harpooned, I guess. Well, I mean, you said three and a half. I said four. So yeah. either way, <laughs> so. Brent could give it an eight, and it still wouldn't be... Yeah, still know. drag it down. Yeah. So, any final thoughts for either of you? Um, well, yeah, I actually was going to say the reason I gave it such a low score is because, you know, Blanche is always traditionally pretty vain anyway, mm-hmm. but I thought this was above and beyond what she normally is. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit out of character for even her. Mm. So that was, that was my thought behind it. Mm. Too harsh even for her? Well, I, just, I, I, I don't think it was too vain for her, but I think it was out of character for how harsh it was. Yeah, yeah that's what I was getting at. So. I think that, um, yeah, see, I didn't think it was out of character for either. 
Um, I think she's definitely had a, a vein streak a mile long and everything. <laughs> so, but she always sort of comes back in the end and does the right thing. Yeah, right. like the rich guy with little kids mm-hmm. and everything. That's so true. she's definitely willing to look at the the greater good at times and put her own humanity aside. Yeah, she seemed like in a different life she could have been the hooker with the heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> she could have been. Mm-hmm. All right, well, if we got nothing else, I'll go ahead and close it out with the customary Stay Golden, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitz, and Rudolph and Coco. (laughs) (laughs) You got to give it to me. I'm the host. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.